right, as we have our Bibles out, we're looking at Genesis, and as we look at this passage of Scripture, Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, we see the result of a, a culture that had turned away from God. The depravity of man was such, it was such a bad place, it was in such a bad place that God said, I'm going to start over. I'm going to judge this earth. And lest we forget, he is still going to judge. But we look at this and we see the condition of a nation and this nation had, this world had, had turned away from the principles of God. They had rejected God. They had lived in such an unrighteous way that God was going to pronounce judgment on the entire world. A judgment that will not happen again until the last judgment. But this judgment was one that God was going to destroy everything that lived except those that were on the ark. And so when we look at that, we think of Noah and we think about his family. His family was saved from this judgment. And they were saved from this judgment because of Genesis 6, 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Dads, you have an impact. Your life can change the whole direction of your family. Your, your walk with God, your relationship with God, not only can affect your family, it can also affect generations to come. And so here when I look at this, we, we think about that judgment that was going to come uh, in Genesis 6, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then I skip down to verse number 7, or, or I'm sorry, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Those last three words are the title of the message this morning in this generation. Noah served in an ungodly generation, but he found grace in the eyes of the Lord in this generation. We look around us and we are in a wicked world. But we can live for God in this generation. Father, I do pray that you would bless now the next few moments. Uh, may the devil be withheld and uh, may uh, distractions be removed. May the Spirit of God have freedom to work. And Lord, uh, lead us and guide us. The, the impact uh, that is needed by uh, the men uh, that, uh, that are here today, uh, the opportunities, the lives that they live and they impact that they can have, the influence that they can have. Uh, may you help them to represent you well. Uh, those that are coming behind, uh, generations to follow, uh, Lord, help us to live righteous in this generation. So I pray that you'd bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen.
So what was it uh, that brought about this judgment? What was it that was causing God to look at this society, this group of people, uh, the people of Noah's day, and he was going to bring this judgment uh, upon them. Uh, what was it that caused Noah and his family uh, to have to retreat into this ark? Uh, we see that God saved uh, Noah. Noah and his family were saved. Why? Because he was righteous in this generation his his testimony his life he lived in such a way that it wasn't just that he was saved his family was saved as well uh, and don't give up hope on your family if you're if you're saved and maybe your family is not following the Lord don't give up hope uh, on your family uh, until we take our last breath there is hope and the Lord is always working but uh, we see here that uh, God uh, caused Noah and his family, uh, they were able to be saved because Noah uh, lived righteously uh, in this generation. We see Noah and Mrs. Noah, uh, they were saved. Uh, they were spared from the judgment to come. Uh, Shem and Mrs. Shem, uh, there are no children that are listed up until this point, uh, at this point, but we have Shem and Mrs. Shem, Ham and Mrs. Ham. We have Japheth and Mrs. Japheth. Uh, all of them have been saved from the judgment that was to come. Why? Because there was somebody that was willing in his generation to live righteous. You know what we need today in a society that is, in a, is attacking every vestige of identity? The home is under attack. Men are under attack. Women are under attack. We can't even, we can't even name what a woman is in our society anymore. God help us. But what do we find? We find this identity is under attack. Uh, today, the term, and I'm going to address this tonight, uh, toxic masculinity. You know what we need? We just need some men. You know what the attack is to silence men from being men? To blur all the lines. And let me tell you, men, you need to be a man. Why? Because not just for yourself, but you've got a family coming after you. And they need somebody to show the direction and have that, that strength and that integrity. And we'll talk about uh, those attributes tonight. Uh, but what we find here is Noah uh, was, was a man that led his family. And, and ladies, don't, don't uh, feel like I am leaving you out because you have great leadership. Uh, and the value, uh, your value, your importance is not minimized at all. And just as the ladies need to be lifted up, the men do as well. And those, I, those identities, those, those ro roles, responsibilities, uh, God has given to them, given them to us, and we shouldn't blur them. When we blur them, our kids are confused. That's why there is identity crisis today. You know what? 50 years ago, there was no such thing as identity crisis. It just magically appeared. No, it didn't magically appear. It is, a, it is a result of an agenda to attack and destroy the home. 
So what do we see here this morning? We see, number one, that in this generation, in a generation of ungodliness, number one, Noah was saved. There isn't anything that you can do for your family that will be of more importance than you being saved. Salvation. Uh, having God as your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you're saved this morning, uh, that is the greatest relationship. Having God as your Heavenly Father, Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit as the indweller. Uh, the Lord, the Bible tells us that in, in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and and there is a depravity that we have just in being alive we have a sin nature and when we uh, allow the sin nature to have control it will destroy not just us it will destroy a society you know what changes that salvation Jesus is the answer. We've got some politicians here with us this morning. Uh, and, and with that, uh, politics are not the answer uh, for our society. You know who the answer is for our society? Jesus is the answer for the society. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I'm, I am all for being engaged and involved uh, in uh, our, our uh, uh, political world, and we cannot uh, neglect that. But at the same time, that's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. You want to you wanna change our society? You want to change a home? You want to change a society? Uh, you've got to reach them one soul at a time. One soul at a time. You win somebody to Christ, what do we find about the maniac of Gadara, the one who was the, uh, the scourge uh, of that community, uh, and the people were fearful of him? What changed it? It wasn't some law being passed. It wasn't uh, throwing him in jail. Uh, it was uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He met the Savior, and the next verse you find him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Years ago, a lot of years ago, I was a teenager, uh, and uh, uh, I was in church, and it was a Sunday night, and we had this guy walk into church uh, just as a visitor, a guest, and he walks in, and he is just as amped up as could be. I mean, just wired, uh, and uh, he comes up, and he's he's shaking everybody's hand, and I mean, it was it was odd. It was. It was not a normal, hey, how you doing? Uh, he, was, he was just so amped up. Uh, he would throw our security uh, in a loop. I mean, it would have caused everybody to be, okay, what's going on? Let's, let's sit right next to this guy. Uh, but uh, back then, we didn't have security. Uh, and anyway, uh, his name was Tony. Tony Macaloosa. Tony walked into church, and Tony was just wired. He had... He had gotten out of the mental institution. He was in Western State Mental Institution. He had been institutionalized for seven years. He got out of the institution, but the reason he was in the institution is because he was involved in the occult. He had been baptized into the Church of Satan. And Tony, after he got out, he got saved. 
You know what? The Lord can save anybody. And he changed this man. Not only was this man, his, his mind, uh, my father-in-law is back here. He was up in Washington, knows the man I'm talking about. Uh, and this man, he was all over the place. His, his brain had been scr- scrambled by all the drugs, all of the things that were going on in his life. But Brother Tony, he got saved. And he got into church, and when he got into church, the assistant pastor uh, really poured himself into this guy, and he started getting into his Bible, listening to preaching messages, listening to the Bible, and God gave him his mind back. A couple years later, the church started a Christian school. Guess who was tutoring geometry and algebra? It was Brother Tony. I mean, God just gave him his mind back. You know, the Lord can do anything the Lord will transform a life now when somebody tells me that they're saved but they're not living a transformed life in my mind and in my heart I have I have confusion because I know what happened when I got saved and I'm not saying that you can't get away from the Lord and the Lord brings you back but But there should be something going on in your life. If you're a child of God, the Spirit of God dwells inside your soul. That means that he is bearing witness with your soul that you are a child of God. And when the Spirit is bearing witness, uh, it will also emanate out. The Lord is just going to, he will never leave you how he found you. And here we think about Noah. Noah, he was a saved man. Noah was saved. Noah had faith in God. Noah, uh, Noah's faith in God uh, was revealed in his living. But it was also revealed in his livelihood. Now, I don't know what Noah did before he built the ark. But building the ark was not a part-time job. That was a massive undertaking. You know what we see? We see somebody that gave himself to God's mission. See, Noah was saved. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved? What's God doing in your life? So, Pastor, I, I just don't really sense that God is doing something in my life. Then we need to work on that. We need to ask him. God is not a respecter of persons. God is not, he doesn't just pick to transform some and leave the others undone. No, that's not how God works. When God moves in, he cleans house. When Deb and I got married, before we got married, uh, we, were, uh, we were still kids when we got married, but uh, uh, I, would, I, ha- I was still in high school. We were engaged, uh, and, uh, uh, and so uh, I, would, I would get out, you know, get out of school early, go to work, leave work, go to work uh, from there. So I was working two, high, two jobs while I was in high school. Uh, and so uh, when, I would, uh, when I wasn't there, um, my, my wife and my mother-in-law, my wife, uh, Deb, would go over and clean the house while I wasn't there. And people were like, what is she doing that for? She's like, I didn't want to move into a pig pen. (laughs) She wanted to make sure when she moved in, it was going to be clean. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit moves in, he wants a clean vessel. He wants a clean vessel. 
He won't leave us how he found us. So number one, Noah, uh, we see that he was saved. Number two, Noah walked with God. Salvation is just the beginning. But after you get saved, there should be a relationship that begins. A friendship. That, that walk. The Bible tells us that Noah walked with God. That phrase is only used two times in the Bible. One time is used with Noah. The other time it's used with Enoch. Now, I'm not saying that there was never anybody else that walked with God, but God only chose to highlight two relationships in that manner. Noah and Enoch. He walked with God. There was something about Noah's walk that God felt impressed to share his mission with him. God shared his, his heart with him. He told him, I'm, I'm going to destroy this earth. I'm going I'm to start over. Uh, but Noah, he walked with God. And in Noah's walking with God, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, God doesn't expect us to be perfect. Aren't you glad? He doesn't expect us to be perfect. Now, I've got three kids. And those three kids, they're not perfect. And I knew they were not going to be perfect. But somehow in my mind, when they would mess up, you knew better. You shouldn't have done that. And over the years, what I found was I was hard. I was hard because I knew they weren't perfect, but every time that imperfection came out, you knew better. You shouldn't have done that. Until the Lord sort of smacked me up the head and said, you know better too. Maybe it was my wife smacking me upside the head. I'm not quite sure. One of the two. But Noah, he walked with God. He was not a perfect man, but he was a man that had a relationship with God. Men, you need a relationship with God. It's not enough for you to have a spouse that has a relationship with God. It is not enough for you to have friends that have a relationship with God. It is not enough for you to have a pastor that has a relationship with God. You need to walk with God. I need to walk with God. Each and every one of us, that relationship, and it changed who he was. Uh, Noah was saved. Noah walked with God. Uh, this relationship of knowing God, he knew what God liked. He knew what God God disliked. Uh, he knew uh, knowing God, his way, his will, his wonders. He could see the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, uh, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know it them, because they are spiritually discerned. And for a person to have that spiritual insight into the Word of God, there has to be a relationship. You don't just get saved and all of a sudden now everything makes sense. Sort of like when you got married. All of a sudden you didn't understand that woman. There's a lot more to learn. We've been married 
36? The, 36, okay, coming up 36. And 36 years. With that, oh my goodness, I still don't know her. I can guess. But you know what? As, as that relationship grows, there's more insight than what there was in years previous. That walking with God, there's more insight. Walk with the Lord. Get saved, but walk with God. You and I, we need God. Men, we need God. Uh, Noah, uh, he was saved. Noah walked with God. Thirdly, Noah was righteous. Noah was righteous. Now, when I think about this here, about righteous, uh, Genesis 6, verse 5, it says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord uh, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found Found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah's righteousness, it brought grace to him, but Noah's righteousness, it also impacted the life of his family. What a blessing it is to be able to see generations serving the Lord. Now, those generations aren't always in a church, the same church, but but having generations of people that have, have served the Lord and are serving the Lord and are taking the faith that they witnessed, they saw, they, they chose for themselves, and then living that faith and then handing that off to the next generation. Uh, what a blessing. Now, this, uh, uh, this life that, that uh, Noah lived, it was a righteous life. This right living that righteousness. The word, the word righteous is the word sadiq. And sadiq, it means that it's characterized by an ex accepted standard uh, of morality or justice. Now, what is that standard of morality or justice? You know, for the Christian, it's right here. This is it. It's not what we think. We learn in the book of Judges the destruction that comes when every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We look around in the society and you see, well, I think this or this is my truth. There's no such thing as your truth or my truth. There is just truth. And either we are going to line up with truth. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, we believe it the same, but there is only one truth. How many of you have taken algebra? I'm still looking for X. You know, it doesn't matter whether or not I could grasp that, and I did, I passed algebra. Uh, but whether I, whether I could find it or not did not matter what the answer was. The answer was there, and it was correct. It was my job to come up with the right answer. 
it wasn't, it wasn't my job to change the equation to make it something else. You know, in life, we have to at some point just say, God, I'm going to let you be God. If God is not God, then we have this thing called idolatry going on. And we've got to trust him. You see, Noah, he lived a righteous life. It wasn't just the living that he wanted to live. It wasn't just the actions that he wanted to do. It wasn't just the things he liked or the things that he didn't like. It was based on what God, God had said. This right living was based on uh, this uh, standard of morality or justice that God had given. Noah was righteous. He was moral. He was good. He was godly. And dad, let me tell you, we need to be uh, righteous. Uh, we need to have that uh, understanding of what truth is and following the Lord, following what he says, whether we understand it or not. Whether we like it or not. You know, when I got saved, there were a whole lot of things that I didn't like about the Christian life. I definitely didn't like the music. I remember walking into church and thinking, man, this is terrible. And I want to listen to ACDC and Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and all the other ones. And church music, we'd have somebody get up and sing a special and I'd think, that's horrible. I'm doing this number and other people are praising the Lord. It's like, what's wrong with them? You know, my likes and dislikes were based on a different standard. You know, now the Songs that just bring me to a place of worship, an adoration of who God is, praise the Lord. See, Noah was righteous. Dads, we need to be righteous. Noah was saved. Noah walked with God. Noah was righteous. Why? I'm still in the introduction, just in case you didn't know. Why? Because one day we will stand before God. We will stand before God. First Corinthians or Second Corinthians five ten. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We're going to give an account. Well, I just don't agree. It doesn't matter. One day we will stand before God. Men, walk with God. Be righteous. Be saved. Walk with God. Be righteous. Why? Because we're going to stand before God. There is, there is coming a day. Now, when's he going to come? For time's sake, I'm not going to read the verses, but when you go to first, or you go to Luke chapter 17. And in Luke chapter 17, we find uh, the Lord talking about his coming. When he's talking about his coming, he tells them, what the, the Pharisees are asking about what the world was going to be like uh, when he comes, uh, when he comes again. Uh, and the Lord's response was, it was going to be like in the days of Noah. Days of Noah. A godless world. A 
a wicked world. A world where the imagination of the heart was only evil continually. And he mentions Noah, and then he goes over and he says, as in the days of Lot. And the condemnation he brings out of Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, the Lord said, he's coming back. We need to live righteously. Why? Because he's coming back. The Pharisees wanted to know, well, how do we know when you're coming? And he said, it will be like in the days of Noah where the earth deserves judgment. It will be like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the sodomy, the sin of sodomy, homosexuality, the vileness of a society. God said, that's what it's going to be like when it predicates my coming. So, Pastor, what are you trying to say? He could come at any moment. Are we ready? Are our families where they need to be? Dad's it's Father's Day. Are we, are we the type of father that we need to be? I need to grow. You say, well, your kids are all gone. They're still my kids. I got grandkids. Praise the Lord. Man, if you can skip the kids and go right to... No, just kidding. <laughs> Definitely not. But we've got to realize the Lord's coming back. Just as in the days of Sodom, the Bible says that they went on eating and drinking. It was all based, I've got to read these verses to you real quickly. Uh, these verses, they, they just show the condition uh, of of these people uh, in uh, Luke 17 27 it says uh, concerning uh, Noah they did eat they drank they married wives they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all uh, there came a point in time when it was too late when Noah went into the ark and God shut the door there was no more opportunity judgment came verse 28 uh, talking about lot likewise also as it was in the days of lot they did eat they drank they bought they sold they planted they builded but the same day that lot went out of sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all judgment's coming we can't predicate it we can't determine how much time we have before uh, it is going to come. The only time the word operation is used in the Bible is in Luke 17. And in Luke 17, that word operation, it, it means there is, there is no way to plot, to plan, to see out what is going to come next. And the Lord said that judgment is coming, though. We don't know when. But we do, we, have, we do know we have right now. Are you saved this morning? 
If you're not saved, whether you're a man, you're a woman, a teenager, if you're not saved, today's the accepted time. Trust him today. If you're saved, then let's walk with God. Let's just determine, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to have a relationship with God. I want to know the Lord, and then I need to live that righteous life. Because one day I'm going to see him. And when I see him, I don't want him to catch me doing wrong. Last illustration. My pastor, when I was up in Washington, he was, he was telling us about a story years ago that when he was little, they lived out on a farm, and they had a big barn, and they had hay up in the lofts. And they, he and his brother, they had taken the, the hay and thrown it out into the middle of the loft, and the hay bands, they broke, and they just kept throwing the hay out. They had this huge pile. They'd get up on that loft, and they'd take off running and jump out in the middle of the, the barn there and land right in that hay. He said they were having so much fun. He said he was getting ready to run the last time, and he looked down the driveway, and he saw his dad's truck coming down the drive. He said all the fun was gone. He said, I couldn't even jump one more time. He said, he walked over to the, uh, to the ladder and climbed down the ladder. He said, when his dad got out of the truck, it was like this one solid motion. He grabbed his belt and pulled, and it was out in one sling, and uh, they were the recipients of uh, some education right there. And so, you know, when the Lord comes back, I don't want him to find me in a bar. Lord comes back, I don't want him to find me shooting up. Smoking on a joint. I don't, I don't want the Lord finding me in an immoral relationship. I don't want him to find me living a life that would not bring glory to him. You know what I want him to find me doing? If the Lord comes back, I'd love to be preaching about Jesus when he comes. Lord comes back, I, I want him to find me faithful. He's coming back. All of us need to be preparing for that day. If there are things in our life that should not be there, nobody's perfect. But I want to clean my life up. I want to be who he would be pleased with. Noah, in an ungodly world, was found righteous in this generation. You know what this world needs? It needs some Christians in this generation to be found righteous. In this generation. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples that you have given to us. And now, Lord, I pray that you would help us to make practical application in our lives. Whether it's a dad, whether it's a mom, a grandma, a grandpa, a teenager. Lord, uh, whether it's a single adult, any one of us, Lord, we need you. And if there are any that are not saved today, I pray that they would accept you as their personal savior. 
those maybe that have strayed and walked away, I pray that you would draw us back to yourself. May, may you do a work in our lives. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm saved. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know the Lord is my personal Savior. This is a testimony to the Lord. Just slip your hand up. Uh, I know the Lord is my Savior. I'm, when I die, I'm going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can slip your hands down. Is there any that are here today that said, Pastor, I couldn't raise my hand. I wished I had that confidence, but I don't. I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. Pastor, pray for me. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. But I do want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you right where you're at. Pray for you. All right, dads. How are we living? We, looks like everybody's saved. But are we walking with God? Are we living righteous? And let's live that life where God would look down from heaven and find us in an ungodly generation still serving. Father, you see the needs of each heart, and I do pray that you'd work. Uh, lead us, guide us, help us to follow the uh, leading of the Spirit of God in our lives. And so bless now each one that's here. Uh, speak to hearts during the invitation. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.